calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex and this week I'm joined on my right, Daniel Kruper. Hello. On my left, Chris Tilly. Hello, Bob people. And somewhere like north, north east is uh, Luke Marley. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. A man who's never been to the northeast. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. What's the furthest north you've ever been? The Watford Gap. That's quite far north though. No, I'm lying. I've been to Scotland somewhere. Edinburgh. Good. Right. Uh, this is my first podcast in, what, two weeks, three weeks? Three weeks. Three I, weeks, I, I wasn't believe, on the yeah. one before that, yeah. So are we going to have a significant bump in quality? I hope I so. I doubt it. Do you want to recap? <laughs> well, what's <laughs> happened? Should we do all <laughs> say everything that's happened in all the podcasts? Go on then, very quickly. Um, we got a bit of negative feedback. I, saw, I, I read that. Mm. We, oh, we took a beating. We took a, we took a battering. But oh. we got some nice feedback to make up for it this week, yes. so that's... You take the rough with the smooth. Is that, Any, the, is that the only highlight? Is anything that, else happen? Did I make you laugh? Sometimes make you laugh. Don't you do I? sometimes make me laugh. Yeah, yeah. It, gets, it gets the giggles. It does true. Um, oh, we had some special guests, didn't we? We had some nice drop-ins. Yeah, so we had... Um, nice drop-ins. We had the guys from Gfinity came along after following on from the big G3 tournament in London last weekend. And who else did we have on? Jason well, Bloom. We also had Jason Bloom. I was that, here for that was one. Was that last three weeks? I was here for that one. Were you here for when we dropped it in? Oh, maybe not. Well, we oh, did. the magic of the podcast ruined. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll we we film these things years in advance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. But this one's going to be better. Of course, because I'm back. Yeah. What have you been doing, Alex? Where have you been? I've been on holiday. Oh, been mahogany. Is that why you look like a, a brown nut? <laughs> yeah. I was wow. going to go somewhere near that and I steered clear. So, so you're going to go near his brown nut. <laughs> you said I look mahogany. You said I look like a brown nut. Yeah. Got Creeper? Um, teak. You look like the old man in the sea. I was going to go more David leathery. Dickinson. You look varnished, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I don't look leathery, you mother. <laughs> Not getting any younger. Um, did you have a, where did you go and did you have a nice time? Up your arsehole. <laughs> you wish. No, I didn't. <laughs> Stank. Oh, now we know why he's brown. Oh, oh uh, Where did you go, Alex? I went yeah, to my fault. the east coast of France, thank you very much. Uh, I went camping. And uh, first night I got food poisoning. So. Mm. Does France have an east coast? Oh no, so it's West Coast. Ha <laughs> ha Geography win for Kamali. Hey, you, you got the, this beach is crap. <laughs> yes. yes. It's a mountain. Because it's Holland. <laughs> yeah. Any tips for, for campers out there, for king campers? Uh, <laughs> book a hotel. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's really hard work. Yeah. The last holiday I went on, for me a holiday is doing nothing. I actually did quite a lot of cooking and washing up and things like that. How did yeah. you get on with the toilet situation? There was a toilet there and it flushed. Oh, okay. Well, you know, (laughs) but camping toilets are a little bit... We were in a caravan. It wasn't like... Oh, one of those. Yes, one of those. I don't think you've ever stayed (laughs) in one of those. One of those pleb... No, I did. I went went to Eurocamp in France, actually. Well, there you go. One of those pleb carriers. the worst week of my life. (laughs) One of those pleb carriers. Yeah. They shuttle up and down the highways. Um, And some people will have... static. And some people... Really? Yes. How did they get there? On breeze blocks? I don't know. It was built there. Oh, um, and some people will say, have you believe this podcast has lost its focus? <laughs> I know, right? 
You've been playing games and you've been watching films. <laughs> yeah, let's talk you've about actually been jobs. What games have you been watching, playing? <laughs> <laughs> what films have you been playing? I've been playing The Last of Us Remastered, which we talk about at the end of last week's podcast. I've been messing about a lot with the photo mode. Mm. I've gone all David um, Bailey. So I've seen it briefly, and my first impression was that the graphics are a little bit too high definition. Yeah, so it kind of betrays... Is it like, you know... <laughs> that's my critical <laughs> riposte there. Um, take that. Um, I think we can all agree that, obviously, The Last of Us is a beautiful-looking game. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but the bump in definition almost makes well it shows the imperfections more I think yeah I think um, it's not an ugly looking game but it looked perfectly decent I suppose it's the equivalent to like if you got a super remastered copy of a film and you realise that maybe of some of the sets weren't all that yeah it's well, like, well, I was yeah. thinking about Doctor Who when you were talking about mm. it is it like having a remastered version of Doctor Who or when uh, you make it's the, not quite that bad when no, you make yeah. the jump to BBC high definition you realise Fiona Bruce looks okay but not as good as the makeup or standard def have you believe Gee whiz. That's Hugh not... Edwards, don't get me started on him. He is falling apart at the seams. You're what? a fan of Fiona Bruce. She's all right. Fiona... Not once I've got high definition. Fiona or Bruce or Susanna Reid? Susanna, Susanna Reid. Every time. Well, yeah. she's Palace fan. Is she? Well, yeah. well, I don't know much more about her, but... Oh, but they used to have a thing for Susanna Reid. She's oh. a, an attractive lady. Yeah. What's she doing now? She's, she did that. She went to the dark side. ITV. All right. Again, some people will have you believe we've lost our focus. I don't know what you're talking about. I, 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 to them, I disagree. What uh, film have you been uh, watching? Are you done with Last of Us? Well, I was going to talk about the Furter Murder, but... I've gone there. Is a Furter Murder. Right, you can take over to you, Chris. <laughs> I've got all authority. I've been taking... I've been assuming my depth of field, framing stuff. What's the That's best what thing about the remastered version of the game? Is it the photo mode? Oh, the best thing about it is it's Last of Us. Hmm. That's a good enough reason, I think. Fair enough. Thank you. Films? Yeah, I, I saw The Expendables 3 and The Inbetweeners 2. So talk about Inbetweeners later, because that's obviously out this week. Yeah, I mean, but they're, they're a bit comparable, really. They're just sequels that are quite similar to their predecessors. Right. They're quite hard to review, the two of them, really, because there's just... When you've reviewed one of the previous films, you know you you're saying a lot of the same oh, things, you know what, really. You know what would be really good? You should just copy and pasted your last review. I talked with Rich about this doing is, that because he was doing the video review. It's like... This is what they did. So just exchange e explosions for knob gags. And <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. They're both good, though. They're both passable. Um, Expendables. Uh, we did had a fun interview with Statham and Stallone, which will be going live next week. And we also had Terry Crews into the office. Anyone who came to our IGN uh, quiz, and thank you if you did come, will know that uh, we did quite a lot of shooting with Terry Crews. He popped up several occasions during the quiz asking questions. Went on a spree. Um, but yeah, we got some fun stuff with Crews as well. And the film, the film's out on August 14th, and it's, it's good fun. If you like Expendables yeah. 1 and 2, you'll like 3, basically. Simple as that. Never seen one. Or two. No. And probably won't see three. No. Antonio Banderas, I think, is the MVP this time around. Uh, and Wesley Snipes is good as well. It's very often the MVP these days, Antonio Banderas, mm. rather than the, the star or the leading man mm. or the, you know, the, he's... What do you mean he, by MVP? Most, most valuable, valuable player. player. I know that, but what in... What, in what what context of this? Kind of well, because they bring loads of new guys in and it's, it's like, who makes their mark? It's hard to make your mark in that ensemble and he really stands out. Okay, right. Fine. But I he's playing that, like, like I, but he's like he's come from a broad comedy. But, but I, think, I think that's the thing. He's best in small doses when he's mm. playing off like he's a sporting actor and he can do his thing. But if he's the leading man, he's like, that is too much, Antonio. Please put away your chest. <laughs> I love your medallion chest, collection. He is pushing boots, yeah. So that's the thing that I remember him most for. Zorro. Oh, that's and, the gift, and the gift that keeps coming on um, IGN about, you know, him going the whole like thing about when he's... That looks like yeah, you, didn't say, you didn't say any words then. Yes. No, when he, when he kind of like <laughs> the, the, the PlayStation 4 thing. You know what I'm on about, right? Yes, but at the same time, as an actor, you don't want to be remembered your finest work being a gif. Especially on IGN. Yeah, well... What is it? It's like, there's this gif that keeps doing the rounds and I don't actually know the origins of it. It's kind of like the PlayStation 4 is unveiled before him and he keeps going like... Or is that that's a beautiful play console? And then during with the Spike T the Spike Awards that they did a, a version with Joel from The Last of Us. Has anyone missed all of this? No idea <laughs> what you were talking about. I spent too maybe much, our listeners know. Yeah, yeah, I spent too much time in the comments on the site. But yeah, we'll have more going, on <laughs> more on in between us at the end of the show. <laughs> yes, uh, but for now, let's move on to this week's news. And Luke, you are up first. I am. Ubisoft have had another leak. Mm. Sad them. Um, so Assassin's Creed Rogue 
has been leaked. Um, and then it was announced later in the day with the uh, Game Informer cover. So Assassin's Creed Rogue is the game formerly known as Assassin's Creed Comet, yep. which is the version of the game that's coming out for PS3 and Xbox 360, and it is out on November the 11th. So it leaked. Is it it's officially come out now? They've they officially a, revealed it. So it's, so it's all a trailer Game Informer's and everything. Cover. Yes, they yep. released a cinematic trailer as well. Um, so... Uh, pretty much everything that's been we've been getting you know dribbled about has been true. So you play <coughs> as Shay Patrick Cormac, who is an Irish fella. Really? I know. Right? Wow. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that. Captain Obvious has arrived. <laughs> Basically, he's <laughs> with like the test grouping. It Patrick Cormac. Does that name say? Is it Irish or not Irish enough? <laughs> I think it could be more Irish. Can we get no in there? Shay? No Connor in can, there? Can uh, you say it with an Irish accent? I was going to and I decided not to. But Shay Patrick Cormac. Ooh, he went oh, kind yeah. of Northern Irish. Yeah, yeah the end. He went a bit of a Belfast lilt. Whoops. Political. Um, so basically that's been confirmed. Um, takes place around a similar time to Assassin's Creed 3 with links to the Kenway family. Everyone's favourite family from Assassin's Creed. Um, mm. And apparently it'll also overlap a bit with Assassin's Creed 4. And then at the very end, you'll see how it links into Unity. I mean, the one interesting part you have is you play as a temp, as um, an assassin yep. for the first half of the game. And then some stuff goes down. He basically decides this isn't right. And decides to switch sides and become a Templar. Yeah. He goes rogue, if you will. Yes. And then the tra- on the trailer, he goes, I'm not going to do the accent. Yeah, well, for I did. obvious reasons. Is he Irish? He is. And he's like, oh, I'm going to follow my own creed. Boom. I'm going to follow my own creed. He does that and he does that. Hello dance. there. I'm going to follow my own wow. creed. Well, that's, um, it's not I very can... menacing when you do it, but in the trailer it kind of worked. <laughs> it did. Okay. So yeah, November the 11th, that's out. But this keeps happening to Ubisoft. Leaking. Mm. I remember, I actually don't remember a time when an Assassin's Creed game was officially announced. I don't remember that. Probably the first one. Black Flag. That was leaked. leaked. <laughs> Assassin's Creed 3 leaked. Unity leaked. Well, the big question that lots of people not have very, been asking... Not very stealthy for a game about <coughs> no. assassins. The question that a lot of people ask... So this isn't... It isn't coming to PC either. It's only coming to... Did Far Cry leak? Four, yeah. Four. Some stuff leaked. Yeah. Wasn't it the... About elephants and stuff. We, about Actually, setting the Himalayas with uh, elephants. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. But they can that keep leaked. secrets, though. They can keep secrets. Like, Siege... Um, Patriot's been rebranded and reconceptualized yeah. as Siege. But that was... was kept they were, Watch they were Dogs mutterings. was kept... Do, Watch Dogs was kept a secret. I do wonder... The Division was kept a secret. yeah done on purpose mm. but how many get, times can you do it before it becomes yeah, but, in itself but like, at the same at the same time we you always have these trailers ready don't they we report twice on it because we're like oh it's been leaked oh it's official double the hits well, oh the cl- it's the official because oh they have this trailer ready quickly the yeah. classic example of that would be um, I mean Mortal Kombat X mm. that was announced the week before E3 and you don't you don't really want to announce during a conference like that like our blog rolls just flying up you don't you know you're going to get that wasn't leaked though um, it leaked earlier during the day and Slightly then again miraculously they were like oh well you may as well have this trailer yeah. right. um, and it's like wow that looks like a trailer that you cut together instantly um, so, yeah. Yeah. but yeah so there's that um, and then something else has come out today saying that there may be no multiplayer but it will have the ship aspect that Black Flag had which I quite like <laughs> Basically, because we've had to make this game in a year, so we're going to use a massive <laughs> game mechanic we already have built. Yep. Um, it's set on the east coast of America. Does that excite you? Going to New York? The Atlantic in, in Ocean. The, in the olden days. Which isn't the west coast, just... I get very easily confused. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and you can go to the Arctic, where it's all icy. Where was three set then? Three was set in sort of New England, so Boston. Bits of it go to New York. Apparently it's yeah. a different... Ty- it's like slightly different New York. Mm. That's all I've got yeah. for you. I wonder how much of the previous games you need to play to understand how it all links together. Well, it the, just feels like it's getting to be incredibly confused. Well, so, people are claiming yeah. then if they've only got a next-gen console and it ties into the story of Unity. Yeah. Is it a matter of time it. until it's announced the next year? They announced that it's going to be available on next-gen. They might do that. They might do the HD remaster. HD remaster, but, Assassin's Creed Rogue. But uh, that brings up an interesting question with these with the games like this. Mm. Can you just walk in at like the fourth, the fifth? episode um, I think version of the game and be able to should you be able to play it or do you need all this with, with, with Assassins in, in particular what they've done there's been groups of games that have been structured tightly together mm. so um, there was like a trilogy after there was the Assassin's Creed 1 and then there was three games that kind of tied more tightly together the third one kind of fed in but then Assassin's Creed 4 the pirate one which came out last year was kind of a standalone title yeah. and it was made by another team that almost kind of 
poked fun at how convoluted Assassin's Creed got. So it gave you this chance to just jump in and be a pirate. It's basically a pirate game that was using imagery and certain story elements from mm. the Assassin's Creed universe. I don't know whether they're going to start a new period and a new cycle where it mm. becomes very convoluted again. Mm. This rogue game sounds like more like a one-shot. Yeah. Like you're playing as this rogue. You don't need to know a lot of the Assassin's Creed mythology right. because you, you've betrayed it all and you're kind of a lone gun kind yeah. of dude. Um, and it also, it's also giving you both sides of the conflict. So, you know, that that's possibly introducing you a bit more. I mean, you're, I know what you're saying because... When Square released uh, Lightning Returns or like Final Fantasy Thirteen, mm. they did Final Fantasy Thirteen One, Final Fantasy Thirteen Two, and then they rebranded the third one. I think that's the Lightning worst. Returns, I Final think that's Fantasy the 13. worst series for feeling a sort completely. Of just, yeah, because there's so there are so many tropes and things. I'd almost expect that from Final Fantasy though, but this uh, the Assassin's Creed seems mainstream. Mainstream. Yeah, yeah, it seems like uh, the point uh, of entry should I be think easier. If you want to have fun, yeah, yeah, I agree. You, I think all of them are structured in a way that if it's your first one, you can still have a good time. But if you were there for the story, you mm. probably have already play the previous ones if you're yeah. that in, yeah. into it for the story it's not like i think effect. and then the other ones are appealing like hey do you do you like pirates maybe this one you're more interested in like you know french revolution is that a cool setting for you maybe mm-hmm. get it this year maybe it just takes your fancy depending on the setting being the kind of biggest hook about it mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah so that's pretty much all we have on rogue but with gamescom next week i'm sure we'll find out more more. what about you alice would that get you interested or not like, so you're quite apathetic when it comes to the Assassin's Creed series yeah. now. Is anything going to draw you back in? A, a completely fresh start. What about Unity, what? though? Like, complete yeah, next-gen build. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the the stuff that I have saw of that at E3 looked interesting. Co-op. I, I'll never play co-op. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so well, not you, that, but just the I'm setting. I quite like the ships the from Assassin's Creed 4. See, I, I'm so. so over that. It's like, really? It just feels like they invented that mechanic and now they th- they're throwing it in every single game. It's like, enough. Yeah. Do something else. Will They've you... also announced DLC for it already. Chris is trying to make a joke. What is okay. it? No, it wasn't going to be a joke. Was it not? I was really going to ask if you'd see the film. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Because that's two hours and, the, and I'm done. Yeah. Whereas I played about six hours of Assassin's Creed Black Flag and I actually got really bored of doing all the pirate stuff. It's like, just let me get on with it. Mm. So, there you go. Anyway, uh, news of a remake of a remake. Resident Evil 1 is coming out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PS3, and Xbox 360 and PC. Yay! Sad, Sad Dan Kilby, former yes. podcast former person. Life. He's, he's a big, he's very excited. excited by yeah, it. he's over the moon. Wait, we should have got him to do a little drop-in for this. Yeah. I just find it so psyched. Resident Evil 1 was a fantastic game. The GameCube remake, which is this is based on, yes. is a fantastic game as well. But... Even that remake is now twelve years old. Yeah, this is surely it cannot stand the test of time. It depends so on how much work ju- they've done. So to let it. me give you some These details. Are- so if you buy it on uh, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and PC, it'll be 1080p, lovely sharp graphics, uh, 5.1 surround sound. Uh, older consoles will have 720p. I still don't. Surely a PlayStation Three can handle Resident Evil in 1080p. Surely. Anyway, we, we, we're getting into an era where we need to start, I think it's a, a kind of a necessity, we need to start distinguishing between the terms remaster and yeah. remake. So this is Because thing. this is a remake, surely. No, no, this is a remaster. Well, it says re- remastered. It, this is a remaster, not a remake. Okay, so, so a remaster would be, it is essentially a higher res version yeah. of the same code. A yeah. remake, you're doing new code with new, completely new assets. Yeah. Like, and so the thing here for me is not so much the visual representation of the game because I'm sure it looked pretty, but the game mechanics are old now. Mm. And, you know, Resident Evil 4 reinvented Resident Evil yeah. for, but, but, but that's for better in, but, in my but eyes. But that's integral to how you play that game. Like it, it's, it's just, just the way that but it's you, know, just you like turn when you on read, the spot. But it's like if you read an like a older text like you read a Victorian novel or something yeah. the language doesn't flow as if a mo- you read a modern novel yeah, and no, I think I it's that, that kind of that. thing if you get rid of that then you might as well just remake it rather than me- remastering it yeah. I think you get into an era where if you're going to start telling video it? games as art or whatever or cultural artefacts you want to preserve their original form because it's rude and it's kind of um, disrespectful to kind of reinvent them if that's what you're if your whole thing is to yeah. like this is the original experience it because you don't have original playstation anymore this is the best way to enjoy this game today so i would rather they remade it right okay and had all of the uh, the pedigree of the original you know try and set out with what the original did but with fresh game design for argument's sake would you yeah. not would you not if there was a team a talented team doing that why not just make an entirely new game then 
Well, yeah, well, well like, then it doesn't but, have but, to be the original. But it doesn't have to follow the original in terms of, uh, you know, scene by scene. Yeah. But, you know, I just remember the first time you see the giant snake yeah, and they're yeah. trying to sort of relive that. To me, that sounds more like it'd be, it, you, that's more like what they did with Tomb Raider. Yeah. Like, a get reboot. a talent scene yeah, yeah, yeah. and maybe take it back to its roots. Yeah. But then do, that's that's a new thing. That's a reboot. Yeah. Because oh my God, they introduced a new term, reboot. Because that's the, that's the other danger, right? That's the one that's always thrown around with the whole Final Fantasy VII thing of they should remake it. What if it's not as good? Yeah. Because as well, if yeah. it's not as good and it just damages that I brand. I think I'm and less that. for remakes and more for remastered versions because you want to like you want like because video games unlike other things you get rid of the old technology that mm. lets you play them yep. it goes up in attics you flog it you mm. can't play your old copies of games now virtual console and Wii certain downloadable titles gain you access to old games and I think in the future it'll be like subscription model you want access to all these great classics which at the moment are by and large unplayed you might not play them every day but it'd be cool to have access to them but if at you want at the same want. time I just want to see some new games yeah yeah I know, we but seem to be having like, delays and remasters. It's like little little kid Chris. If he was growing up super into films and he had no way to watch okay. some of the classics, what would you do? Same with the kid growing up today. If they want to go back and play Prepper the Rapper, it's not very easy to do that. No, yeah. I think it's like a heritage thing. If like video games to grow, they need to know where they've been and what they've done. Otherwise, you've got a whole catalogue of games that are inaccessible. Yeah, I'm just not sure. I just don't think that. I might be completely wrong, but somebody who's just gone and bought PlayStation Four is probably not thinking get, I've got to go and get Resident yeah. Evil One. It's people no, I like know. I think Dan that Kilby who want to video games. That video spot. games, like especially big, it's more all about gear to what's next. Yeah, and I think that's probably because it's quite a young kind of uh, medium, and it hasn't got enough history to be as kind of reflective as. But that's film also. Yet. I would say that's mm. also because if. Th- Video games rely so heavily on technology, which advances yeah. so quickly. Mm. Um, and and I do think that the mechanics will probably feel old in this game. And mm. it's like, you know, uh, the remake of um, uh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Loved it because I loved the original. Whereas Kilby, somebody introduced new to that game, just like, I still don't understand this game. Mm. It feels archaic the way it works. Yeah. And I can't see how I this think, is Yeah, be I think different. you're right. That's kind of like the same. I think the analogy, like an old kind of, some old films the pacing, the sensibility to an old film, the way it's edited can feel really slow. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, something like Bullet, the first time I watched that, I was like, for a film that's always lauded for being like the greatest action, like chase mm-hmm. sequence, you're like, actually, it's a pretty slow movie in many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, I think the technology is the big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that changes, well, it changes all the time, constantly. So, anyway. Sad news from Chris Tilly. Yeah, have we got any Studio Ghibli fans in the house? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I thought be more seen, I've never seen a Studio Ghibli mm. film. You've not even seen Spirited Away? That's one I've not seen any of them. Wow. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> you a fan? Um, yeah, I like some of the work. I haven't seen everything, but I've seen a lot of the early stuff and the mid stuff. I never saw a lot of the recent films. What's your the last fa- one I saw was Howl's. What's your favourite? I like Howl's. Um, I think probably Howl's is probably my favourite just because it's by uh, based on the book by Dana Wynne-Jones which is the who is a Welsh author who I quite like um, yeah. you only like Welsh things pretty much yeah Case. okay well this is this is sad news and it was a strange story because it was developing all through the week it's quite hard to explain it actually uh, but um, it sounds like Studio Ghibli might be closing down or might not so the first reports... Well, I thought um, they came out and said they were. Anyway, well, yeah, the first report, the Ghibli general manager, uh, Toshio Suzuki, uh, it was translated as him saying the production department of anime will be dismantled. Uh, and then there was another report, uh, another translation, saying that he was simply musing that studio production will be dismantled, but it was not a definitive decision. And then the third update was that um, the studio would be taking a small break to reassess the situation. Uh, and uh, people were saying it sounds like they're going to do some housekeeping there, some house cleaning or restructuring. It's basically because Hayao Miyazaki, who was the co-founder, right? He's mm. retiring, and he's like he's seventy-two, I think. Yeah. You know, he's been there since the beginning. Um, his sons come in, uh, Goro Miyazaki. He's all right, but you know, he hasn't quite got the he's same. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. he's released uh, like two or three films, and what, the first one absolutely bombed. Um, and so he hasn't quite managed to capture the same spark that, that his dad brought to it. Mm. And there's still a lot of talented people there, but 
you know, everything about Hayao Miyazaki is just interwoven throughout every level of that studio. And so him going, I think what they're saying is it does necessitate a reevaluation of their processes and where they go next. Yeah, I think there's a, there's two or three problems there. They haven't found someone to fill his shoes. Yeah. You know, they've not uh, had a successor waiting in the wings. Mm. Um, it costs a lot of money what they do. Hand-drawn animation is becoming more expensive all yep. the time. Yep. And they've refused to make the transition to CG. And they have a lot of 3D. people on staff, whereas yeah. a lot of the animation yeah. studios increase when it gets to crunch. Yeah. They just keep a lot of people. Yeah, their salaries are apparently about $20 million a, a year. It's, it's They're spending, they're, they're hemorrhaging money. And also in the last three, four years, they've not really had a hit. The films they've done have been really, even the good ones, even... Um, Miyazaki's last film it was a very serious film Wind Rises right yeah it's yeah. not the kind of film that's going to get kids in cinemas like <clears throat> you know his previous efforts did and I think he's got three or four of the top ten most successful films ever in mm. Japan but it's not happened lately so they're, they're right. losing money and I think yeah but it's sad I mean it, who knows if he'll, they'll come back or they might come back a very different beast like I wouldn't be surprised if they did embrace CGI or 3D or something well I mean bear in mind they did, they did work well, on yeah. Nino Kuni right yeah. you know they it's it's unclear. I mean, I assume they did the character design, but we've never really gotten to the bottom of how involved they mm. were in that because it was certainly pitched as, you know, a collaborative effort. But when you get into the game, there's lots of CGI cutscenes and there's maybe about, I don't know, six, seven, five, like less than five minute, like two minute animated drawn sequences mm. that were clearly done by them. And I just don't know how involved they were in the rest of it. And it doesn't really seem to have been established. But, you know, there's been mutterings about another, about a follow-up. I think the big thing for them, um, and certainly something that's been drawn out, is their licensing and marketing departments. You know, their stuff sells so well. Yeah. You know, if they want to go into curating that kind of stuff instead of developing new properties. Because obviously they then also have to acquire the licenses to work on established properties. They don't really very often establish mm. original stuff. Mm. So... It's tricky, and especially, I think, you don't know how much Miyazaki oversaw all of that. And that you never know, there could just be a massive power vacuum now, as you say, if no one's, no one's there. But we've seen kind of Disney and uh, Embrace computer-generated animation. Because, yeah, I watched, um, I started watching some of The Lion King with Scarlet on holiday. It does look really old. Mm. Like, I don't know what the last, what was the last kind of traditionally... Hand-drawn animation they did. <sighs> Didn't the Princess, the Princess and the Frog? And the Frog? Yeah, that, yeah. That, but that was them going back to it, actually. They, right. They, that, they, yeah. it was was, was Mulan one of the later ones? No, or was, there was stuff after that. Like, or was mm. it On the Range? That was the one that tanked. On the Range? Was it? Yeah, the, yeah, what, yeah That was yeah. the one that like stopped, halted Disney traditional animation for quite right. a long while. I mean, just double-check on this. Isn't there... Really, I don't know. I think you've got to move with the times a little bit and... <clears throat> computer generated stuff actually improves animation so it looks incredible some yeah. of the stuff like you know I've watched Frozen probably 50 times yeah and you know it's a, a, a beautiful looking film it really yeah. is you know the production on that f movie is incredible and really Japan is. bloody love that everybody yeah, loves I was it, it. I was in like Charlotte's fight 19 weeks yeah. in Japan that's crazy they've released a, they've released a um, Frozen themed Playstation 4 in Japan oh. they have yep which is <laughs> and honestly you cannot get uh, an Elsa costume for love nor money as Dan Creeper knows having <laughs> sat next to me oh god I, every morning I went, I went to a Disney store every morning for about a month trying to get one I, I got one for yourself but they're selling for over 100 quid well when we were at E3 you were and you, were and you looked one, rubbish you? in it I know. what do you mean <laughs> just a little bit small <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Chris I think you I think you reviewed the last um, Disney movie and we did quite a lot of coverage on it on IGN before my time actually which one I think Slope and Winnie the Pooh uh, I didn't review it. I did not review it. But I like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I don't think it was great, though, by all accounts, the film. Um, but yeah, this, that's sad times, though. Really yeah. sad. So From yeah. Up on Poppy Hill was the one that you sent me to see. And I got to do an email interview with Goro Miyazaki, who's the... And so he came, he didn't do very well, mm. went off for a bit, came back. It was all... So I don't know. I went, I, I'd kind of be interested to see what he, happens to him next. But, you know, uh, Disney survived after Walt Disney's death. It, it can be done. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Lucasfilm. George Lucas hasn't died, but I think they've well always <laughs> they've they've seen more forward-thinking companies, I would say, though, mm. than Ghibli have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I think we should really move on to probably the the biggest the news of this week. Bloody hell! Brace yourself. I've seen this written down, but I actually Ooh. don't know what it is. This is quite exciting to me. <laughs> so um, I get too excited. <laughs> yeah, don't know. Blake ha Blake Harris, who is the author behind the forthcoming book Console Wars, the Console Wars book. I think that's the one that um, the Seth Rogen movie is based on. Right. And he, isn't he is isn't he in the Inbetweeners? 
<laughs> I don't think it's not Blake Harrison. Blake Harrison. Yeah. Oh, okay. wow. Blake Harrison. Blake Harrison. A genuine renaissance man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, while he researching the book, he's unearthed a Nintendo character guide which dates back to 1993, which reveals the official full name of the beloved anthropomorphic dinosaur Yoshi. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let me just click. He is called T. Yoshisaur Munchki Koopas. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> Let me try again. T. Yoshisaur, Muncha Koopas. Which leads to the wow. inevitable question, what does the T stand for? Yeah. Like, you've, you've, you've resolved a, a mystery. Yeah. Could be Tony. Could be. Could be Tyrone. Could be Tina. Let's not do this. Let's not go through every name beginning with T. Um, so, yeah. The, what do you think about that? He's been held Lisa. captive in an egg until Mario... Um, bopped along and rescued him. Instantly, the young dinosaur and the plumber became fast friends. Now you've mixed, Together, you've they out. set out to rescue Yoshi's dinosaur pals from the wickedness of Bowser. So this is the description taken from the character guide, which also gives a genus to Mario, who is not Homo sapien. He's Homo Nintendo... Nintendo-ness. Yeah, that took us a few takes when we yeah, did the news that's video. What I was well. Ninten- what? Yeah. Homo Nintendo-ness. Nintendonus. 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 Oh, Nintendonus. You know what? It's even harder when you're reading it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. does that mean he's not Italian? Um, I well, Latin. What? Mario or Yoshi? Mario. Well, it's Latin, isn't I don't it? Know. I don't know. It's saying he's not human. Yeah, but he could still be... A variant on Homo. Yeah, he's, he's still related. I think Homo, obviously, is still related to the same overall species as us, but a slight different genus. Okay. I just think it's all made of old codswallop. What, you mean this wasn't done by Carl Linnaeus? Um, anyway. Is, it, is this, has this all been made up? I think, get, everyone, I think, I think it's all made up. <laughs> I think the whole thing's made up. I don't think... I think Yoshi'd eat Mario, if I'm quite honest. Why? Mm. He's a dinosaur. dinosaur. They can't deny yeah. their nature. They can't deny their nature. No, but not and, they, all... and you know what? Then he poop him out as a little egg. Yeah. I've all... seen it. I've seen it. Alex. Not all dinosaurs eat meat, though. What? Not all dinosaurs yeah, eat meat. I know. Uh, Chris, you know he's not a veggiesaurus. You know? He's he not, not a veggiesaurus. He couldn't. He wouldn't sneeze on you in a friendly way. He's Yoshi. He's really he's, friendly. He's enemies. Don't, and then barfs out of fire. Yoshi's. You've got to call him by his full name. <laughs> he said T Yoshi saw Munchakufus. Munchakufus. I was calling T. Big T. Big T. Right. There we go. Anyway, that's it for this oh, week's. Can we end it with the serious news? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Educate and inform. That's no, nice. you, you always have a bit of fun at the end of a news bulletin, don't you? Oh, you do. Lighthearted. Oh, yeah. Finally. Kitten stuck on <laughs> yeah. tree. Water skiing, ski- squirrels. <laughs> what? I don't know. It went wrong for me. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, next week is Gamescom, so most of us will be flying out to Germany. Sorry, Chris, you won't be. Yeah, it makes a change, doesn't it? I'll <laughs> just hold the fort down here on my bloody own. Well, you're good at doing it, and that's why I, I know that everything will be perfect by the time we come back. Of course it will. But while we're away, we're going to see some very exciting games. So we thought, before uh, ahead of uh, Gamescom itself, we talk about the highlights that we're most looking forward to. Mm. So, Luke, your very first Gamescom... It is my very first Gamescom, yeah. So, well, the first thing you need to know is you will be shocked by the number of people that are there. So, unlike E3, for those who don't know, so it's yep. it's consumer focused as well. So, there's the consumer. So the first hall? day is trade. Uh huh. So it'll be and that's quite the Wednesday. Quiet, and they'll be, oh, this is very pleasant. And then they open the doors, and it will be nuts. Bedlam. Yeah. Right. I'm actually seeing Bedlam on the second day. So. There you go. Hey. What 10 a.m. and the doors yeah, open? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what are you most looking forward to? Ooh. So stuff that I know I'll see. So I, I am seeing Mortal Kombat. Um, lovely Daniel has let me see that. So I'm excited to see that because I haven't actually had a chance to play it yet. To, you didn't see it at E3? No. Okay. Um, I didn't get a chance to go around Warner's uh, booth. So pray tell, why are you so excited about it? I'm excited because they're definitely going to announce a new character. Or maybe several new characters. Um, but it's a, big, it's a big shift in terms of the way the game works and the fact that there's three different characters. Because usually, for me, I like, I've said this before, but I like it for the story. So I like just playing through the story mode. If there's one character that I can't use, maybe a different style I will be able to use. Um, but also just the character reveals what that means in terms of, uh, you know, the storyline. Because certain characters have been absent from past versions that may be brought back. Um, I, I'm just really looking forward to it. It looks beautiful. I'm looking forward to kind of talking to some developers behind it and see what they, how they came up with some ideas. Yeah. So that's stuff that I know I'm going to see. Yeah. That I'm excited about. Um, I don't know. On the whole, in terms of other things, uh, I'm kind of disillusioned with the console games for a little bit because they keep delaying them. 
And so, but you're disillusioned with the delays rather than... I was no, say, we're only, what, yes, like, like nine months into a new generation. But, but you know, I, I can already name games that I, I want that are definitely not going to be out for a year. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually struggling to name games that I want that will be out within six months. And Evolve slipped to next Evolve year. slipped as well. Um, times. You know, Destiny I'm looking forward to, but it's just... There's just not that much. And I think anything that gets announced now, mm. it's going to suffer from a hype trail that's perhaps a little bit too long. Um, so yeah, but you look at Far Cry that was announced what in okay, April May yeah. yeah and that's coming out this year so that's, yeah, a, that's a really short it's true well, until it gets delayed until it gets yeah. delayed there, oh, there gosh, could be I some really good things not. and then the only other thing um, like blue sky thinking um, I'd quite like to see an update on Final Fantasy 15 or Kingdom Hearts 3 because both of them were missing surely they'll save those for Tokyo Game Show yeah I, that's what I'm thinking. Well, both. I think what's going to happen is we're probably going to have news about Final Fantasy XIV expansion, and that's going to be their Final Fantasy fix. Um, and then I'd also quite like to see if Guild Wars 2, because I recently got back into that in quite a big way, if they've got any expansions coming. So that's everything I'd like to see. There you go. Really. So you've been the man at the centre of it all, organising appointments for everyone. Yeah, I've, been, I've been knee deep in the spreadsheet. Yeah. I've got really good at Excel. Good. Honestly, conditional formatting. That is oh. sexy. It's magic. He just automatically changes colour depending on what you put in the box. It's good. Getting aroused, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, I've given myself some good appointments. <laughs> That's how I've been rolling. <laughs> the best games for you. No, this I'm weird. doing this. So this I'm what's really good actually doing the schedule is something you would consider a good appointment. Somebody else might not. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want some of these appointments. Yeah. I'm glad Luke does. Yeah. No, but he loves stuff that I don't like. So That's why we thing, have a variety of different. What are you most suggests? looking forward to doing? What's the I've got a one-hour behind closed doors presentation of Bloodborne. Ah. Oh, wow. An hour really focusing on the combat. Okay. Which sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, I'm really excited about that because we got to see a very brief glimpse was, of Bloodborne, yeah. probably like ten minutes. And it was really early. Yeah, really early. Unrepresentative because the difficulty wasn't on. So yeah. they were just walking around at leisure, showing you different mechanics, but not actually going into much detail because mm. the people demoing it weren't from From Software. Yeah. So they were giving you very vague answers. They weren't allowed to give you any more insight to the story. So this is an hour presentation on the combat in particular. So uh, from from. I don't know yet. Okay. I assume, or at least people who can speak on their behalf. Yeah. And it's going to dive deep into probably a bit more of the story, yeah. how it differs from other previous Souls games. Um, and I just thought that game looked awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm a recent um, convert to those kind of games, but obviously this one ticks a lot more of my interest boxes, like the setting, high yeah. gothic, Victorian stuff, a lot of Lovecraft stuff in it. Yeah. And I thought what we saw from Brief Glimpse, it looked really cool. Yeah. But it, it didn't, but you, as you say, it didn't yeah, really we, answer we, many we questions. We got an impression, but not much of an idea yeah. of how it'll actually be. Yeah. Uh, it looks a lot like Dark Souls, um, but obviously I want to see like wh- how far that comparison and similarity stems. Yeah. So that's really cool. And I'm also seeing No Man's Sky. And oh, I'm wow. looking forward to working out what that game actually is. So that's, I, that's one thing for me. It's like, as a technical achievement, it's amazing. Mind, mind-boggling. I still don't so get it. So I've heard... Um, little nuggets of what it's about in the run-up. Like, in the last few months, there's been details leaking out. And you'll start... Everyone start on the edge of the universe. Yeah. And you've got to work your way into the central planet. Yeah. uh, Because there's some mystery about what's on the center of the universe or your center of your galaxy. Um, So you've got to get there by planet hopping and upgrading your ship to get closer and closer to this thing, which is your destiny. Um... So maybe they'll tell you, tell us more about what the actual game, the structure of the game right. is. They, yeah. It's brilliant. It's really interesting. But what's the game there? Well, that's because... So uh, I sat through quite a long presentation with Sean Murray from Hello Games 83. And he was saying... So he didn't say that the idea, the goal was to get to the centre of the universe or the galaxy or whatever at that point. But he did say you've got to go and achieve so, something and to do that you've got to upgrade your suit you've got to upgrade yeah. your so there's got to be some impetus um, there otherwise you just wander around go, yeah. actually I'm done with this yeah. this Kills is a nice planet you've got but, to be something pushing you forward but to in explore. terms of upgrading how you do that is up to you so you yeah. can do it by mining valuable ores or you can go by being a pirate and shooting people yeah. so how you get that resource to upgrade is the variable I guess but I still like. How does it all pull together? I, you know, I don't know. So that I think that's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. So and yeah. So unannounced games as well. Yeah. I think so you we know there are going to be a bit some. more. 
aren't you? Well, uh, we know that there are going to be some unannounced games. There are known unknowns, and then yeah. there are unknown unknowns. That's right. Well, I think the problem with Gamescom is it is relatively close to E3. Mm. And a lot of developers spend so much time getting their games ready for E3 that there's very little time to actually do anything with that code. I think it's very different between. this year. Yeah. I mm. think the, the scale and the scope of the show and it's standing yeah. within the kind of calendar window, like the calendar, sorry, is has really grown. And yeah. they're now using this as a platform to make real meaty announcements. Yeah. Like, there are unannounced games coming from major publishers yeah. at the show. We yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. We don't know what they are. We maybe know a couple. We knew that Rogue was one of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that leaked. And, but even stuff that we kind of know, like Quantum Break is going to be properly revealed at Gamescom. Yeah. In the trailer that they released in May, um, the head of Remedy Games said, Gamescom is going to be our event. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a really big stage. And you yeah. get a lot, what we say about E3, you get lost in the kind of the din yeah, I of think, all I th- those announcements. I think, Here yeah, you, get, you could own it. Like Gamescom is getting a bit bigger. And also the big thing that I kind of feel as... I mean, obviously we're, uh, you know, a games media website, but then you look at like the increased success of YouTubers and things Mm. because it is a consumer show. I think publishers do feel there's much more, they have much more ability to control the message, get, you know, kind of consumers hands on with a really refined bit of code, send them home and send them, you know, tweeting, Facebooking it, just saying how good it is and word of mouth. So I actually think they are viewing it like publishers viewing it as much more as oh an opportunity yeah. as opposed to E3 where you know we can see through stuff like that quite quite easily but yeah. I think that's not to say they're trying to deceive anyone but it's just yeah. kind of a more refined message yeah because I'm so I'm seeing Dead Island 2 which I saw at E3 but the code I saw at E3 was already like nine months old mm. uh, and so they sat me through like probably a 25 minute demo of the game which focused purely on combat and it looked ropey. And then right at the end, they said, oh, but this is what the game is going to look like and played 30 seconds of video. And I was like, well, why don't you just show the game running like that? Because that looks good. So that's what we're going to see at, at Gamescom. And it's the same, like, I mean, I'm seeing Blizzard, right? And Blizzard didn't really have a presence at mm. E3, you know? And Blizzard traditionally don't do anything outside of BlizzCon, really, but they themselves are making the decision to come to Gamescom. Yeah. It's a huge, a huge shout for them. Um, well, they they always you know. have a big presence in the consumer area because uh, yeah. um, it's just really big, and they always mm. have like loads of like pods and people playing. Like I think I they, they have Blizzcon had a huge presence last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they have yeah. Blizzcon for um, the American audience. I yeah. suppose this is a, is a chance for them to reach their European kind of fan base. But I, I just think that again, the fact that we are having kind of press stuff as well is yeah. quite quite telling. It's definitely not what it used to be. Yeah, but I think for me. The chance to see more Metal Gear is always exciting. Mm-hmm. Phantom Pain. Again, saw a very long demo for that E3. Mm-hmm. Interested to see what else they show on that without kind of too many spoilers. And then Batman, which I haven't actually seen yet. Well, mm-hmm. I've seen it in videos, but I've not actually seen it running. It, is it hands-on? Yeah, I right. believe so. Um, I'd, I that wouldn't mind having exciting. a glimpse at where the Order 1886 is now. Mm. So obviously it got delayed... Um, I went to an event, I think in January, when, you know, Colin Moriarty wrote up a piece saying, you know, it looked a bit ropey and it did look like it had technical issues, taking it back a bit. Um, And so I'd be interested to see where that is, because that was one of the, you know, powerhouse PlayStation exclusives that they were trumpeting. And now they've gone a bit quiet. So I think that could be interesting. Chris, what are you looking forward to? Just an empty office? Yeah, just a break from you lot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to recording a podcast on my own here, where I just sit here, just... Stream of consciousness. Yes. Saying whatever comes in my head, eating a few donuts. Nice. Just yeah. Well, the good thing is we're live streaming from Germany, so you mm. can watch all of our pretty um, I'm, faces. I'm busy. Are you? I'm okay. gonna get my head down and write some nice features. Oh well, if you get if you get lonely, yep. up on the live stream. Okay. And we'll be on there. Will you? Will you say if I ask you to say a little code word for? Will you say it? It depends what it is. Sausages. If there is a way of getting sausages in, mm. I will try and I'll say know, sausages. I'll know it's for me. And everyone out there will know it's for me. <laughs> I am going to see Sausage Simulator. So. Exactly. Uh-huh. We're in Germany, right? So uh, there's probably quite yeah, an easy way. All the breakfast you can... For better or worst. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Quite good. So that's it, yeah. Gamescom will be all over IGN next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, Shall we move on to reader feedback? Yes. So we thought we'd kind of start by just saying a little thank you to all the people who sent us nice messages in after our nasty message. After our na- well, any feedback is good feedback. You're right. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So thanks to David Freeman, uh, David Rowe, Chris Warns, Natalie Harold, 
uh, Edward Lauder and Joe Paris. You all sent very nice messages and we love you very much. And also, um, uh, a group of people have started uh, an IGN UK Facebook They have, but page. we'll get to that. Okay. Are, are, are we, we not going to read out all their nice emails? Well, we thought it might be a bit could, could self-flagellating. Could have done one. Well, <laughs> again, well, I look, we've read them all. Yeah, I've read them all. Yeah. Nice we have get. read all your emails, but we just yeah. didn't want to see. I've turned them into a little book that I read at night. <laughs> Seeing as the original email was all about our egos getting out of control, I thought maybe <laughs> we'd um, would let that one pass. But yeah, so who's got the first piece? I do. This is from Leonard. Leonard says, I just wanted to be sure that Sad Dan is represented represented on episode 250. Mm. Most of his funniest moments are on episode 66, a compilation episode. Really? Um, his favourite parts regarding Dan are the story of the Greek god, the part where Dan explains how he never does use the fun guns and his hair highlights. Do you know what the, <laughs> the fun guns is? Is that well, what he called his arms? Yeah, his arms. he never uses them. The, 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 he I've seen him. Them. I've seen him type. He definitely uses them. <laughs> the one that I remember was he was talking about a guy that he saw in the gym. And yeah, that's the was, Greek god, I think. Yeah, he was the. Was it, oh yeah, the, I know this the, He's like, he's like Einstein Adonis. of the oh, bodybuilding yeah. world. I think is how he described it. Yeah, and it is just the most bizarre thing. <laughs> um, so Leonard would love Dan. He so says problem, it would be brilliant to get Dan back on the podcast. The problem with sad Dan is that he's now serious Dan. He's corporate Dan. He's corporate man Dan. He, he's lost his sad sensibility. That's mine. That's mine. I've earmarked that one. Just for you listening to the audio version. <laughs> so, yeah. We've got a, a box of donuts in front <laughs> of us. Calm, that is totally mine. Calm, calm down. Even though you fingered it, <laughs> I'm eating that donut. Right. Can we get back to the podcast? Yeah. yeah. I've got some fit. I'm eyeballing you, Creeper. You uh, can have the one with nail polish on. Let's not eat on the podcast. It's bad. Uh, it's, we've done that, but we did that before and it didn't go well. Anyway. Um, no, uh, Dan, um, we will get him on though. Yeah. He's agreed. I've got some Has feedback he? from Semi. Michael, uh, who says he's interested to know how the podcasts are run. Does one person just run it, or are there lots of analysts shouting at you about <clears throat> demographics behind the scenes? Like, does he really think we've got people <laughs> no, analysing what we this do? Is the result Honestly, of I, no, I think you 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 don't realise. I think I used to listen to the podcast, and you, yeah. I think you feel like it's a much more bigger, a much bigger operation. Than what because our fingers on the gen is in general. Let's not give away our secrets here. Yeah. But we should probably give some insight. Yeah. So the feedback, <laughs> as of like two weeks ago, is me, which is well, I would say silly. it's taken you about three months to get half decent at it. Thank you. And, um, it's, and it's not a hard job. Well, <laughs> you've just got to highlight some. I'm so often to number it. Off. Pick the good ones, leave the bad ones, and highlight what you want read out. Yeah. And, and, and the name and number them. Yeah. And then and oh, I haven't them. even highlighted the name. No, it's, it's oh. difficult. Well, that's I. It's okay, I can read a name without have it being highlighted. Thank you. I know, sense. but it's For not it's, wanting too much hand holding. Thank you, Chris. It just makes it. It makes it flow better, which is what the listeners want. When we we're not looking around, where's <laughs> that's the name? A, that's what the focus group said. They, they prefer it when it <laughs> flows. That's what they said. The, all the analytics are telling us. Because sometimes people don't put their full name at the end of an email, or sometimes it'll be in the email address, but it'll be I, a funny well, nickname. Well, I never know whether... Cause, Sergeant Watters. Because sometimes they have fake names. <laughs> Good example. Good example. Yeah. Um, is he really a sergeant? Yeah, he's a, he did that at the time. We, I know that, but I, don't, I, don't, I, was, I didn't actually know. He's a ranking member in the Watazi Army. Didn't we rank what? out? No, he's not. Didn't we read so, out another anyway, episode? Anyway. It is a joint yeah. effort, I would say. Yeah. If anything yeah. tends to go wrong, we blame Luke or Rich. But Pretty we all much. pitch in with yeah. ideas for what, we, what news we should read. Yeah. We come up with an idea for a feature about 30 seconds before we sit down. <laughs> we always say we're going to do it on the Monday morning. <laughs> and yeah, on the Monday morning we'll decide. And we yeah, never things change, Daniel. Yeah. We're fluid. We're dynamic. What we've been up to, you'll notice that sometimes we don't do that because sometimes we don't do sod all for <laughs> the whole week we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> other times we just talk about rubbish yeah rubbish yeah anyway Chris uh, I have an email from Paul Hope who says duck hunt duck hunt, duck hunt. Um, third email exclamation mark friend of the podcast yes please free gift probably not why did you highlight that bit Oh, because we did the whole friend of the podcast thing ages ago I thought that was a thing if you email in th- if we read you out three times aren't you a friend of the podcast I didn't I've never heard that. Oh, that was something I was told when I when I joined. Well, well, it must be something who? because maybe, because Paul's maybe. Paul's written in about it. Yeah, right. okay. It's a thing. It's a million thing. And does he get a free gift? No, I don't think that was ever part of it. You, you were right to say probably not. Then Paul dinner with uh, Luke Kamali. <laughs> don't want that. Come on. Uh, Paul says, "What are your opinions on Scottish independence? Do you anticipate a yes vote having any impact on the video game industry? Naturally, this isn't something tackled by mainstream media. Therefore, I turn to the so-called experts. <laughs> and I'm going to pass this one over to Alex. Oh, thank you. Uh, I've got no opinion on that. I, if I'm 100% honest, I have no idea what the whole Scottish independence thing would mean. And I'm being honest. 
Well, I mean, presumably these tax breaks that they keep harping on about would... It, bec- it might become a, a safe haven for all video game developers Maybe who migrate would. north. Do you think? Like Rockstar well, North. And they're already say, there. You've they're already like got one of the rocking. biggest developers up there. I can't see how that would change anything with them, for example. Um, more so. proclaimers on game soundtracks. No. No. What's the biggest band to come out of Scotland? Basically, you're always simple head, simple head, simple eyes. <laughs> simple head, boy. simple head. Uh, simple eyes are pretty mind. big. Well, they were. They, they must have done something more recently than that. Scotland, Travis, Travis. Yeah, Travis. They haven't done anything. But then they, yeah. So is Texas. Lulu? Is Lu- oh, <laughs> Lulu? Is Lulu Scottish? Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, she was at the Commonwealth Clothing, so I thought she must be. Yeah, but so was Kylie. Yeah, because the next Commonwealth <laughs> is that, in Australia. Uh, Paul, my answer to you would be, we've not really given this much thought. Uh, maybe you could let us know what your feelings are about how Scottish independence uh, will let's affect... Let's open up to our readers. How do they get in touch, Chris? At the address. Which is? IGN UK feedback. <laughs> <laughs> IGN UK feedback at no. IGN.com. No, no. It's not. no. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Yes. At the top of your thing. I, I hope it is IGN PFAC because <laughs> I don't know where that is. That's up there with Trade All Time Bar. Is that all right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, a couple of them today. Coming to a soundboard near you. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is from Stu Green, who um, has said that he's just got funding to start an independent game studio in Warwickshire called Bearded Pixel. Good he name. He currently has three name. people working there and has enough funding to hire one more person for the environmental art. So he's wondering if anyone's interested. I can yeah, draw. we're all, right. we're all interested. Yeah. Environments or people? Yeah, landscapes. I'm like, I'm like, he's like Bob Ross. I can draw. I just, <laughs> you remember Bob I Ross? I just drew that while you guys were talking about and Gamescom. I don't know, but that's what I drew. Wow. That's like, is that that's, an environment? That's a person, not an environment. That okay, sorry, like, I can't get the job like done. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, he's wondering if any of our lovely listeners are interested. Um, they can email him at graphicsstew, and that's S-T-U, at hotmail.co.uk. And so just send him and he will happily... Surely they have to have some kind of qualification. Well, I'm assuming that he will then enter email correspondence to vet them before just offering them... Please, please, away. please, if you're serious. I don't know why I started talking like that. <laughs> please, if you're serious. Oh, no, he's gone rogue. <laughs> but I'll, t- I'll tell you what is interesting. Can I finish my sentence? Thank yeah. you. Don't just bombard him with toss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, can I respond? Can I say yeah. congratulations to yeah. Stu for actually doing this? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. What what an awesome thing to achieve and Pursuing good luck with dream. it. And let us know how you get on as well. Is I wonder if it's an he used to work at Codemasters or something. Because well, like I was going to say Warwickshire, so yeah. Warwickshire um, is he in Leamington Spa? Because when I went to develop this year, one of the um, PRs there who represents a lot of indie thing. Apparently, they are referring to Leamington Spa as Silicon Spa now because there are so many startup game companies there. Playground are based there. There doing you go. Forza we doing Forza. So, um, yep. And I lived there when I went to uni. So a very nice place, to part of the world. And uh, the mayor of Leamington Spa is the mother of someone who used to work here. Yeah. Yeah. Goldie's mum. Goldie's, Goldie's mum. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Not Goldie the dog. No. Or with, or with the British R&B stuff. He gets my train quite often. Really? He's not R&B. My mum used to see him at Chamonix. Yeah, no, Jungle. Jungle. Is he not? R&B. My mum used to see him at Chamonix. James Bond star. Goldie. Yeah. Bond villain. Yes. Was that the Madonna one he was in? Down the day. I can't remember which one it was. Well, it might have been a the Brosnan. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I th- well, the world's not enough. Does it matter? Yes. They they melded into one film. Anyway, so he's he's quite old, but he still dresses like a child. <laughs> what the <laughs> dog? He was on Strictly Come Dancing <laughs> as well a couple of years ago. Goldie. Yeah, he went out really early. What the dog? Right. No. <laughs> Very good at the fox shot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I Excellent. Didn't you get an interview opportunity with the dog that won Britain's Got Talent as well? Not an interview opportunity. Yeah, what? I think it was. How, talented, how talented was this dog? Pudsy. No, my my friends what released the Pudsy movie. We could have got <laughs> we could have got Pudsy into the office to guest on the podcast, and you guys didn't want it. I wanted him. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> this meeting. Not to guest on the podcast. Well, I, I think our it. listeners would have liked that a lot. Right? Yeah. Pudsy's still here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you can't he's hear a, him. But he's, he hasn't a, died. He's, a, he's in a whoopsie on the carpet. He's his balls. <laughs> he would, no, he's tr- he's well trained. Pudsy he wouldn't do a whoopsie on the carpet. <laughs> no, but I'd ask him to. And then, then he, he would, would do it because he's well trained. Mm, he could, he could whoopsie on command. He has, a, he, has, he has a stunt dog to do the whoopsies. Does he? Yeah. yeah. I please, don't think we're going to win this award. Yeah. Please, please move on to the next piece of Okay, Rishi. Hello, Rishi. Says, Duck Hunt. 
Um, I have a group of friends who insist that the best game ever is Call of Duty. And don't Which ever one? play... The first one? Just Call of Duty oh. in general, I think. And don't ever play anything else. Mm. How can I get them to play some games that aren't as generic as this? I'm the same. I think Memphis Bell is the best film ever and I never watch anything else. You're always going on about oh, Memphis Bell. Always. Bloody love it, don't you? Don't so know. my missus watched Pearl Harbor and she liked it. I'm oh, no. I know. Alex. She, she even said, you've told me that this film is so rubbish that I've not watched it. And it was on telly the other day. It's and it's terrible. I know. She watched the whole thing till like, like half 11 oh. at night. Even, be, even Ben Affleck it. talks about how bad it is. And he's the star. Look. Should I anyway, No, she's a nice should girl. You, but yeah, should but she you, likes... Yeah, should you be an evangelist for things that you like or should you let people probably dwell if they like Call of Duty should you just let them like it or should you try and expand the horizons of your friends the problem well, I, think that's, I, think very I think that's two different things if they're only playing one game I think it would be good to, to, to nudge, them, nudge them in a I direction sp- to open their minds a little more yeah, but I if guess. it's just their fa- if it happens to be their favourite game that's all cool but also like that's where a game kind of tips into a sport Mm. And it's like mm. a lot of people just play one sport, and they just, they just like and they're well, good. Well, don't at one play sport. just one sport either. But it depends <laughs> if they're only playing it for the multiplayer, which I'm assuming probably, probably not. It's really hard to switch from one to the other. Yeah. People specialise in that game; they get to know how it works. Certain reactions with it. And stuff. Okay, and next question: Should they get Last of Us on PS3 or PS4? PS4. Well, if you've got PS4, get it on PS4. There you go. Although. Turn your resolution down a little bit. So it's but you get it, so but you get the DLC in bundle. You do. You get everything, and you get photo mode, which Krupa loves. They're taking those photos. Ross Miller, uh, I recently oh, dug yeah. out my Dreamcast, and lots of great memories came flooding back. With a particular highlight being Shenmue. Uh, groundbreaking. Why have you just highlighted that word on its own? <laughs> Groundbreaking. I got, I, got, I, got, I got confused. A living, breathing world well before the series like GTA and Assassin's Creed. My issue is that the game was a trilogy, but only two games were ever made. So my question to you is, what game or series has left you with a horrible, incomplete feeling, be it TV, movie, or game? I've prepped for this. Okay. <laughs> so have I. Come on. Um, so I was going to say a Joss Whedon uh, one, but not Firefly, because everyone says Firefly, which... End of prematurely. I'm going to cross out Firefly there. There you go, Firefly. <laughs> but every, everyone says Firefly and then they, they rounded that up in um, Serenity. But I actually, the last season of Angel, which was the spin-off of Buffy, mm. um, but then kind of became its standalone. Uh, Joss Whedon had some other projects in the pipeline at the time. And apparently the way US TV shows at the time were renewed, they did it in two waves. And he wanted them to guarantee that they would give him a renewal in the first wave. Um and they said, well, we can't. And he had some other projects on the back burner and he basically tried to play hardball with them and said, look, you either renew it in the first wave or I'm done. <coughs> and um, and they basically refused to do it. But they did say to him, look, we'll renew it in the second wave. And he said, fine, no, I, I, I told you. And um, so he ended the series prematurely. So he ended it. It was meant to span more series. But so a lot of the endings feel really rushed. And he was building up threads that were going to span a couple mm. of series. Characters who, you know had died or stuff was going to happen to them or going to come back and all of this. Um, and it just all got cut very short and things had to change. And um, it was really starting to find its feet as a very... Because it started off as a spin-off from Buffy, but it became a very, very different show by the end. And, um, yeah, I just feel like it was killed a little bit before its time. So I think probably Angel is the C- big sadness. Can anyone else answer that question with just the title of the show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, no, thought, that, was, that was good. It was comprehensive. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Rainbow Six Vegas, the end of that game... Uh, well, it doesn't feel like the end of the game. The, the, the last quote in that game is, uh, it, this ain't over by a long shot, so you think, okay, there's another level. And it just cuts to a screen that says, to be continued, you've got to wait for Rainbow Six 2, <laughs> which came out a year later or something like that. It's like, what? That's, that's annoying. That At least goes. it came out, though. Yes, that's true. Uh, and it's not the same thing, but disappointing endings, Arkham Asylum was mm. a brilliant game, but the mutated Joker was absolute tosh. Difficult, difficult. When but that's a different get... thing. That's bad endings. I know that. I know yeah. that. And that's why... We could do a feature I on that. Prefaced. We could do a feature yeah, that's on that. That's another talking point. I feel we've done that line. before. We've talked about... We'll do it again. <laughs> if we've forgotten, the listeners might have as well. <laughs> I can't remember what we did two weeks ago. Because you weren't here. I know, my Mac. absolute skin full of booze. That's the thing. <laughs> um, uh, there was a TV show called Rubicon that was on a couple of years ago. It was about the drink. It was uh, 24, but without the action. 
That it was all exciting. about, uh, like, it was very, very interesting. <laughs> it's not just people in an office getting pissy with each other. Well, I mean, it, you're it, just it, filming it's, a clock. It's kind of like what it was, but it was very highbrow what they were talking about. I didn't really understand all of it. But that got cancelled when it was just getting good. Carnival. Did you ever see Carnival? Oh, I do know Carnival. Two seasons, weren't they? Yeah. Mm. That got cancelled early. That was a very interesting That's show. A shame. Yeah, I forgot about that. And there was something I really liked called How to Make It in America, which wasn't brilliant. It was basically Entourage crossed with Only Fools and Horses, and they cancelled it too soon. So those mm. are my three. Um, I've gone with film... This, I've, I've interpreted the question again slightly differently than everyone else. <laughs> um, it's, it's films that almost felt like there was going to be a third one and they missed their opportunity to make it at the time, so it's never happened. And ever since, there's always been that question like, oh, there should have been a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So um, Wayne's World 3. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Gremlins 3. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, obviously, especially what's happened this week, and then also the most recent one. I always felt it was going to be um, twenty-eight years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very surprised that hasn't happened. Yeah, it just feels like you're waiting for it. It's in prime to happen. Yeah, Danny Boyle talks about it even coming back. It just never happened. Bill and Ted would be a good one to add yeah, to that. It list. feels like a lot of these films just like could have had a third one if they capitalised on yeah. the moment yeah. and the yeah. momentum, yeah. and they left that a little bit too long, and it became impossible. I will add Mortal Kombat. And Ace Ventura to that list. I'll just put. I'll just come back the game. No, the films. I'll just put that in in pencil for now. Think about it. I don't think we needed another Ace Ventura. No, we definitely didn't. (laughs) Yeah, it just kept getting better and better. Or another Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty, or whatever the heck they were called. David. Oh, good point. Maybe there should be a film. No, there shouldn't. That's the point of it. That's why you said that. Any more feedback? Yeah. Don't you have another piece of feedback? Um, Who read that one out? Yeah, I do. From Kyle Barrett. Sorry, it's a hard one, though, because it's, one from if, if I read it out just as it's, it's highlighted, it wouldn't make sense, so that's difficult. Um, Kyle says, just wondering what your thoughts are on the announcement of the David Brent office movie. Um, he talks about the context of following uh, the faulty towers of the model of quitting while you're ahead. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, it was a good thing that Brent did that. He says, I'm open to the film as long as Stephen Merchant is involved because Ricky's most recent work without Steve, i.e. Derek, has been poor. Um, Thoughts, guys. I don't think you should. You should do it. No, no. Um, Leave time's it. moved on. Move I on. Leave it. I I think it's fine for him to do it if they do if they're clever enough with it. I think you mm. know, for instance, Steve Coogan has sustained that character Alan Partridge by doing different things each time he's brought him back. And you and I talk about it, like some of the stuff he did, like Mid Morning Matters. Mm. Some of the best Partridge stuff is really really good. Yeah. I do think doing this makes him a bit of a hypocrite though, because he always cites quitting while you're ahead. Yeah. yeah, and he's not done that. So he's not stood by the principles that he always used to like, like flaunt. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we quit while we're ahead. Only there's only only twelve episodes of them and the Christmas specials. Well, you, you're doing quite a lot with him now. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I worry about ninety minutes of David Brent. It's that cringe comedy, isn't it? And how yeah, much yeah. of it you can take. Well, and I can take it with Partridge. <laughs> I don't know how long I can take it with. With Brent, because even when it's like I, a forty-five minute episode, I, I, I find it really hard to the Brent character. Though it's it's when he fancies himself as a bit of a philosopher as well. That's not necessarily cringe comedy. I, it, it, the little grins at camera, though, I find for half an hour. But if yeah, yeah after okay. an hour and twenty minutes, if he's still doing the little, well, yeah. I saw him in concert. Was a few months ago now, and I wonder if they were filming back scene the stage stuff at those concerts, yeah. and the whole thing will be he's got all this redundancy money, yeah, and yeah. he's pl- he's ploughed it into the going yeah. on tour around Britain, like mm. funding his own tour. Yeah, um, he's working for a cleaning product company at the moment. Yeah, that's what he does in the Christmas specials. Um, can I ask you a question, Alex? Who does he tampons? That's uh, <laughs> that's quite. But as as uh, Kyle says here, and it's not been highlighted, but it is an interesting point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he talks about the fact that Tim and they mentioned that Tim and Dawn might pop up in it. That'd be great. But their story was Done. so wonderfully tied up at the end of the Christmas special with, with yeah. Alison Moyet singing. Do we need to? Yeah, only you. Do we need to revisit it? Like yeah. it was just a perfect little TV moment. That is a good point. Thanks for highlighting that, Chris. Yeah, it's a shame it wasn't highlighted officially. And finally, Jamie Martin has written in to say, just to let you know that since you shouted us out a couple of days ago, the iGen UK podcast group on Facebook has grown to over 100 people. It's gaining more momentum every day. The atmosphere in the group is just like the podcast, and it's great to meet other lovers of the podcast and gamers <laughs> from right. our fair nation <laughs> and around the world. I like you took a little breath after that. Um, and then, yeah, so he I'm says... I'm all for people meeting up on there and just making love. So the link because is... Because of us. Because of us. Make <laughs> love, <laughs> not, while thinking of us. Make love, not podcasts. <laughs> Make I'm glad we're making podcasts. 
www.facebook.com slash group slash IGN UK podcast if you want to get involved. And why should, wouldn't you? Should get involved. What's going to happen on there? I don't know. People are going to share their face. It's going to be like Grinder. As long as it's not, yeah, as long as, as long as this isn't some sort of sting operation. Anyway, I'm going I mean, to create a profile and join and just mess with them. I love Grinder. Move on. Can we all to, do that? To the games and films out this week, shall we? Only one game out this week Ultra Street Fighter 4, which scored a 9 out of 10 on IGN. Whopping, a stonking 9. It is the best version of the genre defining fighter, according to Vince Incognito. That's not his name. Can't pick him out of a lineup. Uh, it's amazing. So uh, it's got loads of new content. It's very, very perfectly balanced, uh, and loads of new char- characters. So if you like Street Fighter, you will love it. There you go. Movies. High praise Ooh, indeed. I just remembered. I forgot to look up the third film. So the third film this week uh, is. I think it's called In God's Pocket. It's God's Pocket. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Is it his last film? No, it's not his last it's film. In Hunger Games, yeah. isn't it? I, th- I might be able to Toronto to see his last film, actually. Ah. Uh, called The Drop with Tom Hardy. Um, and Hunger Games. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think John Slattery directed it. Am I right in thinking yeah, that? I think so. And Christina Hendricks is in it as well. Is it that one? Yeah. And <laughs> Tom Butler, who used to be on the uh, podcast, said, it's, I saw it the other day, said it's a bit slow. Right. There you go. Uh, we've the official got... uh, non-IGN review. <laughs> I was meant to look it up, but then I had to get the in-betweeners review up. Okay. I was in a rush. Uh, planes. planes too. Planes, Fire and Rescue. Did anybody ask for a sequel to Planes? Uh, no. Well, no. John, did Lust- anyone... John Luster did. Well, he was drunk. Did anyone ask for a spin-off from Cars? No. But Cars was hugely successful. It was. coming. Uh, not really, but it was, so, it, was, yeah. it was just a quick release. Uh, but we have a review on the site. Um, who uh, Jim says it's a marked improvement on its predecessor with a better message and production values. Um, and he said it's a heartfelt but formulaic tribute to heroism. There you go. And I guess if they're rescuing people from fires, that's what that's talking about. Very noble. Very noble. And the in-betweeners too, which we touched upon earlier in the film. Podcast. Uh, podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> Can we just stop now? So, same as before... <laughs> A few funny moments. Yeah. It's Australia <laughs> rather than Malia. Yeah. A few Australian ter- stereotypes laughed at. Yeah. Uh, How rather... many times the words clunge said? It, there's not a huge amount of clunge in it, actually. Really? Bance is the word that seems to be in this really? one a lot. Um, yeah, but it's making fun of the fact that they use the word rather than... Some negatives there's, there. Yeah, there's some misogyny in it that I found a little bit disturbing, actually. I mean, it's not like girls are... Uh, sort of painting in a good light in the show anyway but along the way there are some nice girls that they meet they just don't have any luck with them and in the last film you know they hooked up with a couple of nice girls they met a nice group of girls Uh, in this film all the girls are awful including the girl that Simon hooks up with who he's now dating and she's just the most unpleasant person she's really nice and it makes no sense that this nice girl from the first film would just suddenly be horrible it's just to kind of push the plot forward but I just to make him single again I don't know yeah Right. I, it, yeah. I found it all a little bit unple- that side of it unpleasant right but that said I still laughed a lot and so out of the three films In Between is Two yeah well, I don't know much about one of them anyway <laughs> okay, there you go. In Between is Two highly recommended from Crystal <laughs> yeah uh, that's it for this week's podcast uh, thank you all thank you and, thank you, uh, you. Uh, we'll be back we will be back next yeah. week not with you but we'll Sandler. be we've committed to it now we're coming we're live from in- Germany not live well, not live but, but we won't be dead either so we will be in Germany, but without donuts, and I'm going to go and eat a donut now. So bye. Cheerio. Bye, bye, guys. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.